This is a Baby Brunch podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control, and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you. Laurie, they say that up until March, you can say Happy New Year. So, Happy 2021. And to you, Happy New Year. (laughs) We've been dying to speak to you again because your last podcast was magnificent and well-received. And I'm excited to talk about resolutions and the way you see it as someone who understands people, who helps people to plan, as someone who meditates on the good and someone who uses her talent for good. And so as much as New Year's resolutions are some kind of tradition, in this month by now, some of us have already broken them. They are so easy to break. And in 2021, we are faced with a pandemic. We're faced with a lack of motivation. We are, despite our best intentions, feeling sometimes that we are failing as parents because we're not sticking to what we said we would do. Laurie Mulner is back to help us and we're talking busy schedules, planning in a year that none of us know how 2021 is going to turn out. I'm just happy to know that help is on the way. Laurie, welcome back to babybrunch.co.za. Thank you for having me. I'm going to get into what I saw earlier this week. I was very excited when I picked up an article that talks about habits that you can unlearn in 2021 when you start your new work year. We all got used to working from home in sometimes our pajamas or sometimes even our bedroom. And in this article, it talks about how you can unlearn all of that and that that would be particularly a good start for a working mom who has to do a thing from home and now not do it from the bed, but maybe from the dining room table and so on and so on. So there's a lot of things that you can change and small things. But I think what what where I want to start with this is I want to observe and say, okay, self, you've got many habits. What would you identify as a habit? So a habit is purely something that you do without thinking. It's kind of the thing you do on autopilot. So I could say to you, so what's interesting is there was actually research done at Duke University, and they said that 60% of the actions we take every day are not decisions, but they're habits. So an example could be, you know, you're going to brush your teeth. and You don't have to think about it. Am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? It's part of your routine. You're in the habit of brushing your teeth. Mm. So there's habits that sort of just form part of our day. And then you know, you, you touched on when we're talking about resolutions, we're talking about habits. And, and when you were quoting that article, the word that stuck out to me the most is unlearn. Mm. And that's my approach to how we should be looking at 2021. You know, I think previously come December, January, we're reflecting and we're coming into the year with this newfound energy. And obviously circumstances have, have dampened that a little bit. And so instead of charging forward the same way we always do, what about thinking about it differently and saying, okay, what do I need to unlearn? What do I need to drop? 
So I love saying have a resolutions list, but instead of looking at what you need to start, perhaps the starting point is what do I need to drop? You know, and I always like to think about resolutions. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, it's it's like picking up a cookbook and saying, and I've been guilty of this, you buy a recipe book and you've got all these great intentions about, you know, I'm going to be healthier and I'm going to make these meals and I'm going to be this mother that makes these amazing things. Yes. And most <laughs> of the time I like page through the cookbook and I'm so excited about the recipes, but have I actually bought an ingredient or switched on a pan? No. Mm. But you kind of wonder, well, why are the meals not appearing on the table? Well, I haven't done anything. Buying the book's not enough. So writing down the resolution is a great start, but it's also not enough. And, you know, I, I would love to spend this time, you know, how do you unpack what does starting look like? What is creating good habits look like? Now, you've said a few things that that caught my attention. The, the fact that we charge forward and because sometimes time is limited as parents, we, we do charge forward with a lot of things and not just parents, just humans in general. You know, we, we kind of just want to get the, uh, this party started because yeah. according to us in our minds in 2020, we were this particular person and therefore on the 1st of January, this clean slates will appear and all the bad habits will disappear and we will be <laughs> these re renewed beings and we will just start off right. But there's obviously work that goes into becoming a better self. And so the other word that's standing out for me is you have encouraged us to think. You're going to have to spend a little bit of time in order to unlearn those habits or even to understand what your own habits are, which brings me to this. I mean, how important is, and, and I'm thinking particularly working parents, you know, most of us that are working from home still, uh, I didn't think last year this time that we would still be doing this, but we're still working from home. How important is a resolutions list? I do still think it's really important because what a resolutions list means to me is that you're setting an intention. You're setting the intention of saying, okay, these are the things that need to shift for me this year. And so there's nothing wrong with having a resolutions list, but what is the charge behind it? Don't write a list of things you think you should be doing. You know, well, I know I should be getting healthier. I know I should be multitasking less, checking the socials less, uh, you know, whatever it is that's important to you or you're trying to um, undo. I do think you should have one because you need a place to come from. Mm -hmm. And so start with a resolutions list, but then what does it look like? What are the behaviors? What? Where is your starting point? So let's take an example of, I want to go to bed. I want to start going to bed earlier because last year I burned the candle. I was going to bed way too late. I was, you know, overwhelmed with work. I was waking up too early and I was in a brain fog all day. Okay. So what's the first thing you can do? Maybe you want to go to bed earlier. Um, so where you want to start is to say, okay, what is the number one almost have an audit. You want to start to observe yourself. You want to start to, you need to have a great level of self-awareness because you can't fix a habit that you're not aware of. So mm. if you find yourself, you know, if someone, you know, if someone says to me, well, I, I get into bed and I'm, I, I'm wide, I can't fall asleep. Okay. What are you doing for the hour before bed? No, I'm checking my emails. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's number one, right. What is the habit I can start implementing? So Maybe the first part of the habit is to say, an hour before bed, I'm going to put my phone in another room. An hour before bed, I'm not going to check my emails. I'm going to have a bath. I'm going to read a book. So mm -hmm. 
there's the first part of the step. And you want to, what you want to do with a habit is you want to break it down to make it as bite-sized as possible. Because if you said to yourself, I'm going, I want to get healthier this year, you know what, I'm going to run a 10K. That is going to stop you before you even start. So maybe your goal on the resolution list is by November, I want to be able to run a 10K race. Okay, great. What does that look like? I'm going to for twice a week, I'm going to start by walking around the block twice. That's what I call a micro win. So you're taking your goal and then you're breaking it. Think about Lego bricks. What is the first smallest brick that you can achieve? Mm. So even if you take it back a step and you said, okay, here's my goal. I'm going to do that walk. What's the next step? Take your calendar and you want to schedule it into your calendar. Because if you wake up and you say, I know I'm supposed to go for that walk today. I'll fit it in somewhere. We know it's not going to happen. You know, you're running around the kids and if you're working or running around the house, whatever it is we need to be doing, often we come to the bottom of our to-do list. So schedule it into the calendar, but then there's a step forward from that. And it's, it's not even enough. And now I feel like I'm going back on my word. It's not even enough to schedule yourself into the calendar. What you want to do, getting into the habit of showing up to yourself. That is the ultimate habit that you want to start to create. So say, for example, Sunday night, right? We're going to, because we always want to start something on a Monday. <laughs> so Sunday night, you say, okay, I'm going to set my, I'm setting my alarm for 6.30 and I'm going to go for a 15-minute walk around my block or I'm going to do 15 minutes of yoga. I'm going to do whatever it is. And when your alarm goes off, you pick up the phone and what happens is you land up hitting snooze and then you wake up in this complete panic at <laughs> seven o'clock because you, and you're so upset that you let yourself down, you know, in virtual commas this mm -hmm. one time and it disappoints you. And so the rest of the day unfolds in a way of reaction. You start to procrastinate. You figure, oh, you know what? Well, I'll start tomorrow and I'm just going to go get that donut. And then you get the donut and then you're irritated about the donut. And then the self-loathing and all of that starts to come up. And the way how we start to break that pattern is it's about make the decision the night before. So make a really specific decision. Okay, it's 6.30, this is what I'm going to do. And when your mind tries to argue with you because it's going to tell you it's early and it's cold in winter and you should lie in, <laughs> you have to outsmart your mind. you got to just move. And, and the reason why that's so important is that it's about – keeping the promises you make to yourself. Mm. That's how you start to move forward. And the reason why is that when you break that agreement with yourself, you've let yourself down. And what starts to happen is if, if that happens on a consistent basis, you're creating the evidence that you are not someone you can trust. And that is where self-esteem, that is where we say, well, you know, I've tried and it can't happen. Um, and so when you start, what you want to do, it, it, like what we're talking about a drop list, is stop breaking the agreements with yourself. Start showing up, keeping the promises, because what you want to do is create new evidence. This is new evidence that I am a healthy person. Healthy people get up and they take a mindful breath. They go for a walk. They drink water. So if you can start creating new evidence for yourself, that's how you're going to start to move forward. The stigma to to the word resolution. I mean, it, when I think of the word resolution, immediately I feel like wanting to break it. I feel like wanting to go. I will not stick to you. You know. So, 
I, I love what you have brought in, the, the fact that it is um, dropping habits instead of resolutions, but that that you owe it to yourself. I like that because I want to be accountable to myself, you know. A lot of the times, and I mean, I'm busy planning a birthday party now for one of the little ones, and she couldn't care less whether there's a cake or three friends. She wants one friend and d- d- no cake. And you realize, okay, I'm actually doing this for myself, you know. So why can't I do all these other things for myself? Like get up and and stick to my promise of wanting to exercise. And and like you say, it doesn't have to be the marathon or the 10K, you know. It can be around the block. It can be a small win. You call it a micro win? Yeah. It can be a micro win. You know, I love that. Laurie, the, the the one thing that stands out for me with this is when you when you talked about the snooze button, I, I could feel how cozy our habits are. Habits are delicious and fun, and it's and it's safe because it just feels so good. And so, which habits? Because we could end this podcast right here because you've now given us tools. Oh no, but, we've got way. <laughs> but I want to stay with this, and and my question is. Which habits can we drop that that don't serve us? Because they are good habits and they are they are bad habits. And so, which habits? I mean, I guess procrastination is one of them. Oh, that's a fantastic one, and I'm really glad you brought that one up because that's what I found. Like, you know, if I had to say what is the one thing that kept coming up over and over, it's exactly that. And what's so interesting about procrastination is that we tend to think of it as it's a time management problem. Oh, I don't have time or I've got too busy, so mm-hmm. I procrastinate. But what's incredibly interesting is that procrastination is a stress management tool. So if you think about what we dealt with in 2020 with COVID and the uncertainty and the unknown and all these new challenges, the stress levels were through the roof. And so what happens is that you're not only having to deal with home, but you're worrying about parents, you're worrying about finance, you know, all the things we're worrying about. Now you have to sit down in the morning to work on a presentation and Mm. your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain responsible for the big decision making goes, oh my God, but I've been worrying about mom all day. Let's watch a cat video. And two hours goes by and you waft off into the land of, you know, aimless searching and cat videos. And then you kind of snap yourself back into reality and you go, oh my goodness, you know, I'm no, I'm nowhere further. And you start to self-bash. So what's important to understand is that the stress is always going to be there. COVID's going to end. There's going to be, there's always stress and we can't control that. But how you can beat the habit of procrastination is you want to create a starting ritual. So what you want to do is to say, okay, fine. I'm only going to work on this presentation for the next 15 minutes. That's it. Set a timer. And for 15 minutes, all I'm going to do is work on it. And then what you want to do is create the smallest step forward. So instead of thinking about the presentation, go, what does the first slide look like? All I'm going to do now in 15 minutes is what is the heading for slide one? Mm. That's a micro one because you've started, you've created momentum, you've created progress. Now, when I come back to it, okay, what's, what's two bullet points that could come under slide one? So it's creating that starting ritual. Another reason how you can start to become aware of the procrastination habit is that it becomes an emotion management tool. We associate often negative emotions with things we avoid. What is procrastination? It's the habit of putting off something to a later time. Mm. Why am I putting off this presentation? 
Well, it's making me feel anxious. And often what we do is we we put the outcome so much bigger than it really is. You know, what could just be a presentation to my team or um, to a client become, you know, we start to frame it as if I mess this up, it's the end of my career. And so you put this ridiculous outcome on it. And because it becomes so overwhelming, you just want to avoid the task. And so again, break it down into how do you shift from me being perfect to me being a contribution? I'm sharing the wisdom that I know. I'm sharing what I know. But if you can just start, that's all it is. It's the momentum. Because once you've made progress, you you release, you know, you almost release this energy of being able to go back to it, work on it. And it's never as bad as we thought it was going to be as soon as you've started. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm staying with this word micro win. And I remember in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about also getting up and doing that one push up, you know, and after brushing your teeth, just do one sit up and, and see what happens. So getting started, it does, it does fight with my brain though, because I'm a, I'm a go big or go home type of person. I mean, do you, do you put off the bold goal or is, is that not part of micro winning? No. So I think, I think you should definitely have the bold goal. I think also, you know, to tie the loop on what you were saying is that people have started this year with kind of a low sense of motivation because there's this mm-hmm. feeling of, oh, not again, or, you know, it's a cut and paste. And I think the way to, to get through that period is to have something to look forward to, have a future self. If you think to yourself, okay, imagine we were having a conversation in December 2021 what do you want to tell me happened this year? Sure. You know, what, or like, what amazing things can you tell? Wow, I did this and I had this amazing interview or I did this thing. Um, so having a bold goal that you can work towards is so incredibly important because that is the momentum we need. But sometimes having that big goal is paralyzing at the same time because you don't know where to begin. And mm-hmm. if I can break down the micro and mentality and, and how to make it bite-sized for people, I think number one is saying, say, for example, um, you want to write a book and you go, that is my other story inside me. And I know that I can help people. That is my big, bold goal. But when you think about it, it's a bit paralyzing. So number one, the formula that I like to use is called ACT, which is about attitude, consistency and trust. And number one is really important about the attitude that you've got towards yourself and often what we tend to do is we say it, we have this what's called an external locus of control. And you say, you know, but one day when I when I get to this position, when I've got this amount of money, when I hit this on the mm. scale, then I'll mm. do that. And so, <laughs> you, you know, we link our worth to numbers all the time. You know, the number on the scale, the number of, of friends we've got, the number of likes, the number in the bank account. And when you keep putting your self-worth on something external, it's like chasing the rainbow. Um, And you know what you said going back earlier to the example with your daughter and the birthday party, the reason why you're going to all this trouble is because she's your reason why. You want Mm -hmm. her to have this amazing day. So what about making you as the reason why? You are the reason why it's worth Mm -hmm. making this shift. And sometimes it's also about letting go of the version of you that didn't serve you. So maybe... There were habits, there were traits we picked up last year. And in the beginning, it served us because we were in a coping, you know, survival stage. But we don't need that now. We've we've had some experience with it. So once you've got the right attitude and you're going, okay, I'm the reason I'm going to do this, you want to then move into consistency. And for me, that is the bridge between feeling like I don't have enough hours in the day 
but wanting to make progress. So if you said, I'm going to take 15 minutes every day and I'm going to dedicate that to writing for 15 minutes between whatever time it's going to be and you schedule it and you get up and you make sure you sit for your 15 minutes. If you can do more, amazing, but let's just take 15 minutes. If you do that every day and you just say, okay, I'm going to write one sentence. I'm going to write two sentences the next day. Mm -hmm. But if you say, can you just write one sentence? It doesn't feel scary. If I said to you, can you write your first chapter? No. I don't don't know what Mm -hmm. the first chapter is, but I'm going to see how I go. And it doesn't have to be about writing a book. It could be about, I want to study something. I want to watch a YouTube video. I want to watch a TED talk to inspire me every day. Okay, great. Take your 15 minutes. And what the 15 minutes does is that it creates, so you've got that momentum, but it starts to become habit. It starts to become automatic. And then once you've done that micro win, you want to celebrate it. So if you've written your sentence, if you've gone for a walk, if you take one mindful breath, go, well done. And the reason why is that habits are created from emotion. Think about you know, if a kid's learning to walk for the first time, you know, the baby, the toddler's fumbling along and it takes its first step. What do we do? We're like, wow, that's amazing. And we (laughs) we encourage it and it gets up and it goes again. And it's the same thing with us. If you, habit is formed when you bring emotion at the exact right Mm -hmm. time, because you get this hit of dopamine, this happy feeling, and you have to start to reinforce it. Celebration is like habit fertilizer. So you're entrenching the roots And then once you've got the one habit and you, because you're acknowledging the evidence along the way, you can't wait for the marathon to go, now I'm a runner. If you start going for walks, if you start showing yourself, I can run around the block, I can build up a K, I'm a runner. And you're giving yourself permission because it's becoming part of your identity. And then the last part, and and this for me is the most important, because I think this is where we fall off the wagon. You know, you made a comment in the beginning, we had an intention and maybe we've stopped. And the last piece has got to do with the fact that we are instant gratification junkies. Mm. You know, anything we want now is a click away, especially in lockdown, you know, there's Zulzi and there's Eats and whatever. And so we, it's the same with us. I want to, you know, stream my learning curve. I want to download my new body. I don't want to go through any discomfort. Mm. So now what happens is say it's been two weeks. And you are doing your walk of, you know, 15 minutes, three times a week. But you're looking in the mirror and you're going, I don't see a difference. This isn't working (laughs) for me. It works for other people. And so you give up. But now that secret ingredient is called trust. And it's trusting the process of creating these wins every day, despite seeing a result. Because it's about turning down that volume of that critic going, well, You should be further by now. You should have lost more weight by now. You should have more money in the account by now. And we start to self-sabotage in that way. And if you can just trust the process and go, I'm just going to keep doing this and keep doing this. I know the results are going to come. They do. And eventually you see the, the progress. You know, your body's getting stronger. You're less emotionally reactive. And you are starting to achieve your goal. But if you can just push through that point between trusting what you're doing and seeing the result. And as soon as you're creating that evidence, that is when you start to shift. Sure. You know, the, the, the training the body and looking in the mirror and being able to do without seeing results is, is a lot of trust. And I'm, I'm thinking now of our attitudes around consistency and also being able to trust the unknown. I mean, it's just so much, but 
Don't you sometimes find that we're the only ones that believe in ourselves? I'm, I'm thinking also around, is, is it worth or helpful having an inner critic sometimes? Do, do, do we succeed when we have an inner critic that can go, well, you, you're not there yet, so keep going, you know? Is that a good voice or a bad voice? So I, I think we've got, I think there's two voices that exist inside us. <laughs> I think we've got our inner critic and I think what, who, who, and, and I think the most important one and is quite dormant at the moment because I don't think we give enough power and attention to it is our inner cheerleader. Mm. I think we give, you know, it's, it's energy will go, what's it? Attention goes where energy flows. If you give more attention to this inner critic mm. and, and it generally doesn't go away, but if you can learn to it, you can learn to quiet it and, I don't think having paying attention to a voice is going, well, you're not good enough. You're not going to mm. do this. You know, why are you even bothering? You tried three times and you still haven't managed to, you know, you're still smoking. You're still doing this. Why bother? If you pay that attention, I, I find, I think it's, it's going to sabotage you. If you can start to develop your inner cheerleader and start to give her more attention and you, mm. and, and it's not about false positive thinking. It's not about trying to trick yourself. But you do need to acknowledge a win. You do need to give yourself encouragement. And if you fall off the wagon and if you do have a day where you did hit snooze and you were exhausted and you promised yourself you weren't going to scream at your kids and you completely lost it because we all have days like that. Mm. I think instead of letting that inner critic come and go, such a bad mother, you shouldn't have done this, but to rather go, you know what, I forgive you. And I think, you know, talking about the stuff we want to drop, I think we want to drop this, the, the critical self-talk, and I think we want to start to harness, it's more self-observation. So if you can start to become more aware of yourself, if you can start to imagine that you're watching yourself on a video, you know, like you're, you are your own sitcom, <laughs> and you're watching through that kind of a lens, mm. and you can start to become more aware. So say you do scream at your kids. Say you completely lost your temper. It was the end of the day. You were tired. They were nagging, whatever it is. Look at it like a little science experiment and go, okay, yes, I lost my temper. And, and you can go to your children afterwards and say, look, mommy, you know, I was tired and I shouldn't have shouted. This is the way I should have done it. And, and you can have a conversation. You can fix it. But take it as level deeper and go, okay, what was my trigger? Was it the time of day? Um, it's also state management. You know, there, there's a great acronym called HALT, which is hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Okay, was I just so exhausted? Maybe I didn't give myself a break all day. Maybe mm. I've been sitting in front of a Zoom screen, you know, from eight in the morning until whatever time, and I didn't give myself lunch, and I didn't go for a break, and I've been living on coffee. Yes, you're going to be ratty and lose your temper. So instead of berating yourself for the behavior, say, okay, what was the trigger? What was the trigger? What can I do differently? And then set your intention. So I think it's also about saying, okay, you know, going back to resolutions list, Maybe it's as simple because right now, maybe you're just feeling like, I don't have the motivation to go and run a race. I don't care. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through this homeschooling again. So maybe it could be as simple as, can you set the habit of setting your intention every day? And, and what I mean is to say, okay, imagine you're the diffuser of the home and think about what is the energy I want to bring into the home today? What do I want my kids to be feeling? What do I want my family to be feeling? You know, we take these 
diffusers and we have lavender and vanilla and it smells all beautiful. Mm. So are we putting calm and the sense of patience and ease into our diffuser or is it overwhelmed stress and anxiety because it's pungent and emotional contagion is real. So if you can start the day going, okay, today I always get triggered at bedtime. I get triggered at teeth. I get triggered at this time. I get triggered when I do their homework to say, mm-hmm. okay, today when I have to go sit and do homework, I'm going to make sure when I, and, and kind of set an if-then plan, when I can feel myself getting irritated because you feel it in your body first. There's incredible body wisdom. You know, sometimes, I mean, I feel it in my throat. Like my throat starts to cry right, when right. I get angry or upset. Some people, it's their stomach. Some people, their mm, breakfast's clenched, whatever it is yeah. for you. Yeah. So pay attention to that and go, oh, okay, I can feel I'm starting to get a bit upset. Take a breath. When I start to feel upset, I'm just going to take a breath. I'm going to get up, go get a glass of water. So kind of like distract yourself, go to the kitchen, get a glass of water, breathe, come back. Can you start? Because what you want to do is interrupt your pattern. That's how you change habits. It's interrupting what's already there. And it will feel uncomfortable at first. You know, things like waking up earlier is going to feel uncomfortable. So, you know, there's a great um, psychologist, Marissa Peer, and she talks about the rules of the mind. And one of the rules of the mind is the mind likes what is familiar and it dislikes what's unfamiliar. So if you're training yourself to wake up 30 minutes earlier to so that you can fit in some sort of self-care, initially when you wake up, Tell yourself, I'm making waking up earlier familiar rather than, oh, this is hell. Why am I getting up at this time? You know, think about what you're telling yourself and, and why you're doing it. So if, if the simplest thing you can do is set your intention to say, right, the place where I normally get triggered here, I'm going to make an effort to stop doing that thing. Laurie, no one gives us a manual to parenting, and this is why this podcast exists so that people can share similar experiences and so that ordinary people, just like you, who's an extraordinary businesswoman and a mom, can share their experiences and advice so that we can take from all of these stories and so that we can build our own manual in our own lives, in our own homes. And in summary, I mean, I'm wondering how do we – how do we lead in in our own homes with our children, with our spouses? I love your diffuser example. I live for candles and smells around the house. <laughs> I'm looking at one of my favorite smells at the moment. It says um, fragrance with sharp lime, uplifting neroli, and and to raise your spirits. You know, so Ooh. the the smell is going to raise your spirits and make things. So when you when you give the the example, the metaphor of a diffuser or a fragrance, it totally resonates with me because I love smells. And so how can we as women or as partners or even as men be the, be the leaders in our, in our homes and diffuse even more? I'm immediately feeling that there's a habit here that we can drop. What would the habit be to get rid of in 2021? So I think to, you know, to, to answer your question, and you know, believe me, I was going to say to you when you have the manual, send it my way because I know <laughs> means, you know, I, I say there's kind of moments I feel like I get it right, and there's days where mm. I feel like I'm a dismal failure. But I think if you can start to adapt a role model mindset, and I, I think the thing, you know, if you can 
a habit that came comes up and and I'm speaking from experience from last year is I think be aware where you're placing your self-worth. Where is that coming from? Um, you know, if an example for me was last year is that when the kids, you know, when we went into lockdown and, and the kids had to start doing online from home, I had to cut back on the amount of coaching and training I could do because I needed mm. to help them. And, you know, then they were um, five and seven. So they were still little. They are still little. Um, and I really took a knock because I'd always taken my self-worth from career achievement only. And I had to shift and I had to drop the habit of thinking, okay, well, that's the only place I get my self-worth from and had to go, actually, I'm being a leader. I am leading my kids at a really scary time in their lives. And that's not, and, and I think it's seeing it not as an interruption to your day, but it's equal to your day. It's equal to the other stuff that we're doing and value the role that you play as a mother and value the role you play as a parent and not only get that self-worth from other places. Um, I also think, you know, children do as you do. They don't do as you say. And I think if you can adopt that role model mindset and remember that they are watching us for cues on how to, on how to live, on how to react, on how to be. And the, the starting point, you know, another habit linked to that is develop the habit of self-compassion. You cannot have compassion for other people, your family, if you do not have compassion for yourself. Mm. And, and for me, the two ways, what are the two habits that you can start to do to shift that? Because when, when the one is what I like to call develop a kind mind, and that is just simply about choosing yourself. That is simply about being nice to yourself. It's about mm. having that inner cheerleader. It's about you know, supporting yourself on the days where you don't get it right and acknowledging yourself on the days where you do. The smallest things, acknowledge it. And the other thing is, can you implement this year a daily act of kindness to yourself? And that doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to go to the spa, not that we can at this point. It, it's not about that. Like for me, kindness is as simple as I'm feeling really tired and I actually need a 20-minute nap. You know what? I want to go read that book. I want to go take half an hour and just go sit in the garden under a tree and do nothing. That's been kind. You know, giving yourself a break when you're exhausted, having an early night, those are acts of kindness. And when you can choose yourself, you can start to make decisions in your own best interest. And when you are showing up more in the calendar and you're taking those slots seriously, that's when you're going to start to feel, you're going to let go of this, well, there's no balance. You know, if you are not in the calendar, there's never going to be balance. And it's not about balance. It's about harmony. And when you can start being more compassionate to yourself, you will start to filter that harmony through your diffuser. Laurie, you are something else. <laughs> this has been amazing. <laughs> You're just a great, I could have, I swear, I feel like I could just keep chatting. You, you make it so easy. No, I, I think... I think I make it easy to want to learn because it can be really hard if you're not willing to do self-work. And so I really hope that your passion for helping women flows through this podcast into every home, literally, so that, so that we as women and men can, can start knowing ourselves better so that we can raise future leaders and just be remarkable people, humans, and kind parents. And so I want to thank you for your time so much. 
Laurie Milner, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your support and, and thank you for the amazing show and for bringing these kind of messages. Laurie Milner is the engaging facilitator, thought leader and mentor known for her insightful approach to being a modern corporate woman. I know her as a mother as well. Her brainchild, the successful initiative Beyond the Dress, is the embodiment of her passion to empower women. You can find her on beyondthedress.co.za. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you.